Hi, everybody. What the fuck's going down? My guest today is a dear friend. He goes by the name of Nathan Ford. Nathan works at Northern General Hospital up in Sheffield. He handles and deals with COVID tests. That's right. He's on the front line, baby. He's got a bachelor's degree in biotechnology. He's got a master's in pharmaceutical sciences. This is a man who understands vaccines, viruses, and a shitload more. He's genuinely one of the smartest people I know. The magical thing about Nathan is that he can whittle the most ridiculous and specific information down to a level that a chimp like me can grasp what the fuck is going on. If you have any questions or doubts about the COVID vaccine, this is the man and this is the show for you. I threw countless questions at him. I wanted to know what the deal was with these jabs and he taught me everything I needed to know. I was a vivacious visitor before this show and now I'm like a like a virus and vaccine VIP veteran, son. He's a great guy. He's a dear friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Nathan Ford. Okay. Yeah, I think the rule with these things, just as long as you don't say the N-word, you're probably okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a proponent against using that, so don't worry. You and I, I both, yeah. Good. I've just found I'm it's just, just safer for everyone. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Nathan, thank you. First and foremost, just thank you so much for taking the time to do this show. I know your job entails working with the COVID test that people submit at the minute, so you're probably yeah. pretty fucking busy. A little bit, yeah. It's uh, At the minute, it's kind of going through like a like a plateau kind of thing at the minute while uh, you know cases are on the rise but I'm, I'm expecting it to get a little bit busier sooner rather than later. I was going to ask this have you noticed more coming through your facility at the minute no um because admittedly I have only been there for quite a, quite a short period of time but mm. the the buzz around the place is that it's going to get a little bit busier it's kind of like the calm so, before the storm. You all know exactly. What's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're, yeah, it's 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 not going to be pretty when it you know when it finally reaches us, but we're um we're well enough prepared for it. I think that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. How bad do you think this is going to get? I'm just going to throw that to you early on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, I'm a I'm a scientist, but I'm not exactly a, a statistician because I failed my GCSE math like twice. But um, <laughs> I do, I reckon it's going to get it is going to get worse in terms of how many people are diagnosed with it but yeah. um, it's difficult to say at the minute because you know very well it could drop again well obviously on the other hand if people you know carry on flouting you know wearing a mask social distance and that kind of thing yeah not to be that fucking guy but it's it will it will make it worse like absolutely and the sooner people cotton on to actually just for doing as the told for a couple of weeks the sooner it'll sooner it'll drop yeah for sure people definitely aren't responding to to this lockdown like they have done previous mm. ones no and to be honest with you i can understand in a sense i mean mm. the first lockdown i was a full full fan of it i was like look it's late they should have implemented it months ago yeah but you know we have an opportunity opportunity sorry to reduce it and we need to so yeah. just do what, you, do what you're told and stay in. The second one, again, I wanted to agree with it. And mm. to a sense of I did because, it, you know, it's another chance for us to correct the fuck up we did with the last one. Yeah. But again, people didn't follow it. So now we're stuck in this third one. And again, it's one of those things where I'm like, I understand why we're doing it. 
I'm not happy about it because, you know, we've had the chance to actually get back to normal and we've just shagged it into the ground. We have shagged it into the ground. We well have absolutely truly. shagged it into the ground. And, you know, at this point, it's kind of resenting resenting it a little bit. Like, oh, come on, I could be out doing whatever I want. But, I mean, I was in I was in Meadow Hall yesterday, right, for my day yeah. off. Yeah. I was in there at 3 o'clock picking up some essentials, like cleaning bits and stuff like that because I've had no time to do it over the week. There was about six or seven people in that whole building. Seriously? Seriously. One of the biggest shopping centers in Europe. And it looked like that fucking Pripyat level out of Call of Duty 4. Like, <laughs> just dead. Like, absolutely dead, mate. There's, there's about five shops open in that place. Oh, of course. Yeah, the Levats were... Do you know what? I didn't even think about that. I don't know what's essential mm. and what isn't anymore. No, uh, apparently Poundland is. Why? Because they sell soap? Probably. It's Poundland, it's Poundland Wilco, WH Smith's for some reason, which I think is because it's got a post office in it. Uh, mm. Boots, Marks and Spencer's, and Starbucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, because, you know, everyone needs an Americano in essentials. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I don't know how I'd cope without yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> Same. But with the lockdowns and with everything going on, it does mm. now look like the only way out of this is a vaccine, which is why yeah. I have you on today. I remember you dropped me a message. Yeah. Uh, you dropped me a message a couple of months ago saying if I yeah. ever wanted someone who understood vaccines and how viruses work, that kind of thing, yeah. just to hit you up. And yeah, obviously they confirmed the Moderna vaccine for use in this country a few days ago. Yeah. And I was like, well, I need this yeah, motherfucker yeah. on the show. If this is about to get real, Nathan needs to be in. Yeah, man. But, it's... Uh, um... mm. It's good. It's good to to have people that kind of know what they're on about. Like I said before, like I mean, it's good to have people that can come down to your level and kind of explain the nitty gritty stuff that would usually scare people. Because mm. annoyingly, a lot of formal, a lot of formal literature and a lot of kind of like public information things, it's either really vague or it uses a lot of, but not, not to be passionate, but it uses a lot of big words that people who aren't yeah. aren't like don't have them as common knowledge, aren't going to understand as well. So mm. I feel like to have someone that can breach that gap is going to be beneficial for so many different people. Well, today, Mr. Ford, you are that guy <laughs> because the only well, thing I know about this vaccine is that I want it. And okay, cool. I would yeah. take it as an enema. I would take it in my eyeballs. I d couldn't give a fuck. Just give me that vaccine. No, no I respect that, yeah. <laughs> explain to myself and to everybody listening, explain it like we're five years old. How the fuck does this vaccine work? sound i reckon i can do that so um i have faith in you <laughs> this is why you're here <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so the majority of the vaccines that we're getting for it now uh, which includes the pfizer vaccine as well which is the mm. one i think i will actually be getting as staff for uh, the nhs but um it basically uh, a lot of the way i don't see i don't want to turn this into some kind of like a, a budget gcse science lesson so if i say anything i'm gonna i'll immediately say what it's like and sold then that works for me there. So these vaccines, they use something called messenger RNA. Basically, think of that as like a shuttle bus, basically. So when DNA is in your cell, it, obviously it's in that double helix shape, so the constant mm. spiral. In order for that to be made and for it to grow, um, it has to unzip itself slightly. Okay. It has to come apart a little bit, and then other strands can come in, and it can build on that, and then basically it goes off in hundreds of different directions, and you've just got a constant growth of DNA. Hmm. when it unzips and creates that little pocket of space, this little shuttle bus basically comes in, takes some of the information that's inside the DNA, 
and it transports it to um, a part of your cell called a ribosome, which is basically where your proteins are made in your okay. body. Right? And then <clears throat> what it'll do is it, it'll then tell these ribosomes to make the specific proteins that this mRNA has got. Right. So if you tell it, so if this mRNA is dedicated to, I don't know, making the protein that can make make saliva in your mouth. Yeah. Okay? It'll take it from the DNA. It'll take it to the cells. And then those cells will then start making the proteins that then go on to make your saliva, so to speak. Right? Okay. Okay. So what these vaccines have done is they have taken, um, well, they've looked at the virus and they've noticed on the virus that there's basically um, a particular protein called a spike protein. So it's basically like the battering ram that the virus uses to infect you. Okay. So it'll go in your body and it'll attach to your cells and this spike protein will basically be the thing that actually touches your cell. Yeah. And then once it's touched the cell, that then allows the virus to fuse with your cells and then send all the nasty bits into your cell basically to fuck you up. Basically, <laughs> the, it's, the, it's the scientific method for it. That's, what, that's how it fucks you up. Mm. So what they've done is when the actual virus was first kind of isolated back way back when at the beginning of this shit show, um, they found the specific little chunk of genetic information that makes this um, spike protein. Okay. So what these guys have done is they've replicated that code. So it's not, so it's like a bastardized version of it. So it's not the actual spike protein itself. It's just like a copy of it. Right, okay. okay, that makes sense. So they've done is, yeah, they've made it themselves, and then they've coated it in um, basically like little bubbles of fat, almost. Mm. So it's called a big word, a lipid nanoparticle. So lipid's the, the fancy science word for fat, effectively. Okay. So what they've done is they've coated this mRNA in these little fat bubbles, so that when it gets injected into the body's natural defense mechanisms, don't immediately break it down. Right foreign proteins in the body are very easy to destroy which is why a lot of medications now um are just so difficult to to work properly because just the body's natural defense systems will just absolutely be on it like immediately wow. so exactly so what this does is that once it's in the body uh this mrna fat bubble kind of thing it'll um you make it sound <laughs> so so delicious yeah so delicious yeah so um when it's when it's floating around the body, much like the virus, it'll then attach to your cells as okay. natural. And then again, similar kind of preference, it go, it gets into the cells, and then this mRNA thing is released into the cells. Mm. So what that then does is that tells the body, well, tricks the body, should I say, sorry, into thinking that the actual virus spike protein is there. Right. Okay. And then it obviously goes right. Shit. Okay. Uh, I need to. I need to make this thing because it's in my cell. So what they do is they use that fake bit of genetic code mm. to then produce almost like fake proteins almost Yeah. Uh, that the body will then notice and go, right, okay, I need to create an immune response and it will produce all the relevant, relevant cells that kind of activate that immune response. And then after a couple of days, depending on the, you know, the cell's life cycle, yeah. Um, the cell dies out, and then with that, the uh, the mRNA that was transported in the cell dies with it. So you've got your in, you know, you've got your immunity, mm. but you don't have any trace of the fake virus in your body anymore because it's just died out naturally. So then you ca- it's like the perfect system. Think of it as like a think of it as like a Snapchat. 
almost. <laughs> and honest to God, no. It's, it's, you really it's know so my stupid. audience. That's amazing. Honest to God, it sounds so <laughs> stupid, but obviously with a Snapchat, you know, mm. you send a message, you open it, you do whatever you want with it, and then it disappears forever. And it's, it's similar to that. You know, the mRNA goes into your body, affects the cells, the cells do their job with it, whatever they want to do with it. Yeah. And then when the cells shut down, like a Snapchat, the message disappears. And then Holy shit. all you're left with it, all you're left with is the beautiful memory. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't yeah, work man. out if uh, that's, our bodies are amazing or science is amazing. I think it might be both. Yeah, mixed about. Yeah, mixed about. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the the research for it is about fifteen years old in mm. general. I mean, um, based on similar diseases, so like a lot of um, lot of SARS diseases and stuff like that. Because COVID is a type of SARS. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's all just built up on that. And what they've done is they've just substituted the information for the other diseases in for COVID and uh, kind of expanded on it quite quickly, which I think is really good. That's smart as fuck. Yeah, man. Yeah, that is really impressive. Wow. Yeah. So why does this vaccine require two doses over the 21-day or 28-day period? I can't remember which it is, as opposed to like the flu vaccine that we'll have annually. Yeah. So I think the main reason that is COVID is quite a strong and invasive virus. Hmm. So obviously quite quick onset and it causes a lot of serious like health issues. It's hmm. basically a type of dosing regime called a prime boost regimen. Now, I know that's horrifically formal sounds like something made by gillette (laughs) (laughs) the new prime boost regimen i'd buy it so shave your neck middle um (laughs) basically what that what that actually does means is that the first the first injection primes your immune system so it gives it a general idea of what's going on and it gives it like a a general sense of what it should be doing okay uh, when it comes into contact with the virus uh, and it get, gets it in the mood, so it's nice. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the second dose is administered to kind of mobilise the cells again, and you know actually make them kick in properly. That um, that immunity given in the first vaccine that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. No, that so, does make sense. Exactly. So what that does is it, it's done in hope of creating um, like a stronger and more active immune response. Yeah. Uh, which then increases the probability of the immune system actually retaining that memory right so the first one's kind of just like to test the waters like dip your toe into the immunity thing yeah but the second dose is kind of just to kind of bump it up basically and make it a little bit more active and then increase the probability of the immune system actually remembering what it's supposed to do that's really interesting yeah and which is uh, why you won't have a single dose because it, it just won't be strong sorry it won't be strong enough mm. to fight the virus unlike the flu which is a lot easier to immunize against because you can generally track what the mutation is going to be for the yeah. following year because it's how long how long it's been around it, it mutates every year with with immunity so um yeah i read something about that this kind of said if you know if you've had 20 colds in a 20 year lifespan you've probably not had the same cold twice no no yeah it's uh, that's crazy flu is, yeah flu the flu um influenza virus it's no, it can be a number of different viruses. So, um, but they're very likely to mutate on a yearly basis. Yeah. So, they're considerable, considerably easier to kind of create a single vaccination for because we've seen them constantly yeah. and we can track them. Whereas COVID has just come out the woodwork and has just done a massive steaming dump on the world, basically. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. You know, we've got the we've got our own mutation. There's a South African mutation, but it sounds like the vaccine's going to work with those. Yeah, it's uh, the general exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, the general principle. It's all of these viruses, all the mutations, still seem to have that spike protein. Right. Um, right. So, providing that spike protein is there, these vaccines should have can fare like a ninety five percent yeah rate of protection. Yeah. So, you know, no need to obviously. No, knowing and being told that there's like a mutation knocking around of something that's already causing a lot of harm can be scary for a lot of people and I do, and I do understand that but providing you know that spike protein is still there we're, we're going to be fine so there's no need to worry about the mutations that much if that makes sense so basically once you've got the spike protein you you've got it down effectively yeah Right. obviously again, again again it depends on the mutation if there's any, any other kind of factors involved with that but insofar as what you know the the knowledge is now yeah we should be we should, we should be all right so that makes sense do you think it's exactly. going to be one of those that we have to have along with the flu vaccine annually or okay, i honestly could, couldn't tell you at the moment i don't think there's a lot of enough research at the minute it, again it depends on what the, the rates of the the mutations are like and kind of like how how they do work but Hell, if it if it comes to having a yearly COVID vaccine, a yearly yearly flu vaccine, I'll have so it. Be it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, so, so be, be it, man. I'd rather have a yearly jab in the arm than pulmonary and respiratory death. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty easy decision, isn't it? Oh yeah, easy. It's um, yeah, one it's of them. Like, call. No, exactly. Like, like screw it, jab jab it in me, and I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the uh, I think the mutation news did freak people out because oh, yeah, it's, um, it's not just COVID anymore. It's fucking oh, it's, it could be this, it could be that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think what you've just said is going to put a lot of minds at rest. It certainly has yeah. mine because we yeah, didn't know perfect. what the fuck it meant. But uh, no, it's again, it's one of them things where the the reporting of it's kind of sensationalizing it a little bit, and you've kind of just got to basically what I do is I see something and I go right, okay, step back. Let's check the uh, independent fact-checking websites, and yep. do you know what I mean? And like, like, kind of just think, like, is it really being like this, mm. or are they just using buzzwords to kind of get fucking clicks and views? It's sad to say, but there's big money in scaring the fuck out of people. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's uh, media for you. <laughs> that's, that's very true. It's very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clickbait. Do you know what? Trump's yeah, got a lot man. to answer for with that fake news thing. He changed the game just with those words because now you can yeah. just say fake news about anything yeah absolutely it, it's kind of worrying um, to be honest with you he's got a lot to answer for anyway <laughs> <laughs> least of all at least of all he's fucking tan but um <laughs> fake news the promoting of god knows what yeah yeah the, the fake uh, news things just always freak me out he just he just literally rocked up one day <laughs> and just did what a child would do and just went no you and no, people you. just <laughs> yeah, took yeah, it no, as you. gospel it's like what we can just yeah. say that now it's, it kind of bred on to that um, alternative fact movement. I don't know if you yes. ever saw that. Yeah. Was like, actually, I, I prefer to believe in alternative facts. And not, like, that in itself just is bullshit because there's no such thing. Like, a fact is yeah. a fact. Like, a you fact. cannot You yeah. cannot substitute that for something else just because it kind of fits your little narrative, which, again, a lot of people seem to think the science industry is kind of pushing. Mm. Uh, because apparently, you know, we're all paid off. And well, this is something I, I mentioned. I was doing this interview to a friend of mine today, and I got asked to ask if you'd been paid by Bill Gates to do this interview. I am balls deep into my overdraft, full disclosure. <laughs> so, if I am being paid by Bill Gates, it's not enough. He's fucking underchanging me. I swear to God, like. <laughs> 
uh, like absolutely no no scientist has been paid off. Maybe the people that are actually employed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to mm. do the research. Yeah, they might be getting some money. The, yeah, they yeah might be getting some money from Bill Gates, but not in the sense of you know uh, do give the information on what I tell you because Bill Gates is one of the smartest men on the planet objectively. Yeah. Like everyone has had some form of interaction with one of his devices because that's true. He effectively kicked off the home computer movement. Hmm. You know, him and I can't remember the name of the other guy, but obviously created the PC. And then yeah. a few years later, few years later, you get Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak yeah. coming out with a Mac. So he's, you know, one of the most smart and kind of like able computer programmers on mm. the planet. But from watching loads of videos, the guy is very clearly on the spectrum as well. Like he's Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Mm. He's he's on there and you it goes back to the whole critical thinking thing. Like you've got to object, you've got to ask yourself, what would one of the richest men on the planet and the smartest men on the planet want with the personal details of an unemployed mum of seven from Chesterfield? Like so true. He's just not gonna. He's not gonna want it. So like, true. You can't do anything with that information. Like I mean, again, don't get me wrong. Obviously, like a lot of social media and stuff like that. Their kind of like privacy and security things aren't exactly the the best at the minute but um yeah there's no there's nothing the in it for him. no exactly there's nothing in it for him and he doesn't he don't need it no he doesn't he doesn't need no. a lot no no exactly uh so basically bill gates isn't after your personal details and he's not paid me off specifically no. because i am broke as shit and living off pasta until i get my uh, until the next payday so yeah yeah so no help from bill your end yeah the bill gates thing and that kind of rhetoric though it's all it all sort of ties back into people going i'm not having this vaccine because it it's just come out of nowhere so mm. the word rushed is being thrown around left right yeah. and center yeah you will probably know how did we get this vaccine so quickly straight up funding and money like yeah. there's no other way, the pharmaceutical industry is one of the biggest and most profitable industries on the planet it's it's up there with crude oil real estate and coffee which mm. apparently is the second most traded commodity on the planet is it really uh, yeah coffee it's Jesus a multi hundred it's a hundred billion first? dollar uh, crude oil right oil and then coffee wow oil and then coffee but yeah it's the industry itself the pharmaceutics is over a trillion dollars right. right and the kind of the way it works is most companies will only have like five or six flagship drugs mm. so obviously you have your off-brand kind of stuff like made by other companies but yeah if a company has got like the intellectual property to a specific drug, they'll only carry like four or five different ones in total because right, each one, okay. each one brings them in over a billion, like multi-billion dollars a year. Wow. Okay. So, um, with the normal kind of like time frame for drug, I've seen a lot of people quote like a 10 year time frame. I don't know if yeah. you've seen that, that 10 year time frame is basically filled with a lot of applications, a lot of waiting and a lot of red tape mm. that kind of, Pant like pads that ten years out. So okay. there's a technique that they usually use to kind of like if I'm just trying to think. So, so for example, if I was at a research institution and we were, I don't know, looking for a cure for bum cancer or something like that. Do you know, okay. like something yeah. stupid. Yeah, something, something stupid. Yeah. And I got, I found the actual cellular way it works. Like right. the, it caught this bum cancer cause, and I found a potential kind of area um, that we can attack to kind of stop it. Mm. You'll, you'll take that to a pharmaceutical company and what they'll do is they will do something called high throughput screening which okay. basically means they will take this 
potential target, hmm. and they will go to the library of different drug molecules that they've made. So each company has got millions of different individual molecules okay. that have been given. Basically, they've either made themselves or they've bought from research institutions for this exact purpose. Yeah. And what they will do, they will spend a, a ridiculous amount of time basically just going, does this one fit? No, okay. Does this one fit? Okay, we'll put it over there. Just until they find a match. Uh, well, basically, they'll do they'll do it until they've um, they found like a series of different matches. Okay. So obviously, one match. Well, fair and good, but I mean, where were drugs? Drug kind of things. Like you could get to the day before release, and someone would go, actually, this side effect's happening. And I go, right, okay, fuck it. We'll just bin the entire thing. Wow. So what they do is, yeah, exactly. And it has happened before. Like they've gone through. Holy shit. All the research, all the funding, they've. Packaged, they've made it, they've packaged it, and they've sent it out to pharmacies. And then just pull the plug. And then just pull the plug because that oh, shit. Now someone's someone's bleeding from their eyes or something like that. <laughs> and they're like, right, no, can't risk it. Take it off. That's crazy. So, exactly. So what they'll do is they will constantly do that until they've got like a, I don't know, a bank of like a couple hundred or mm. like pushing a thousand or so. And then they'll just whittle it down from there. They'll do more safety tests. They'll go, right, okay, this one attaches better than this one. So we'll bin off that one. This one then attaches better than that one, and they just go from there. Like so the analogy I like to use is, it's like a lock and key mechanism. So you have your lock on the mm. cell, and then yeah. basically what you're doing is with the with the um kind of the molecules, you're trying to see which key fits it best. Right. So how did we do that for this? For this uh, the um again quickly, they just flung money at it. I right. mean, because like I said, a lot of time you're uh, you're waiting for funding. And if a multi-trillion dollar industry whose best interest is to fix this shit show mm. as quickly as possible will just go, right, how much do you need? Uh, 20 grand? Cool. Here's 80. Just fucking... Right, yeah. Just do it, basically. Just overdo it. it. They just yeah. overdo it. They've just flung money at it. And the the genomic sequence for the virus, so its entire genetic makeup, yeah. was se- sequenced very, very quickly. I mean, right. I'm talking like... I was reading about it in January last year. Right. And, and that was, was because them- of just of how serious obviously it posed a threat basically right. so what they've done is they've they've thrown all the manpower and all the money mm. at trying to find this particular gene sequence um oh, exactly and then obviously they wanted something that would be quick to make as well mm. so with an mrna that mrna can be made in as quick as three weeks jesus exactly so obviously with usual vaccines you have to go through a lot of red tape of obviously making sure the virus is actually dead or inactivated when yeah. you inject it into people. But this is literally, right, okay, cool, can we replicate that particular genetic, genetic sequence? Cool, wrap it in a fat bubble, stick it, it in, it, and then inject it. Obviously, there is a lot more to it yeah, than of that. Course, I, of course. I am just generalising, but that's the general preference as to why we've got it so quickly. And I mean, obviously, like I said before as well, it does help that the fact there was 15 years worth of research into similar that's viruses, viruses as well. So we didn't um, skip any testing, nothing got no, rushed or sped no, through? Fuck no. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of people complain about um, the, the clinical trials, like the yeah. nurse phase three, like absolutely not. The average amount you need the people or volunteers you need for phase three, which is the step before you can go on to actually formulate the thing, hmm. uh, you used to have about I don't know, six to 8,000 people. Yeah. For the Pfizer one, they were using 46,000. Wow. Plus. They did not scrimp and scrimp at all. Jesus and Christ. The, exactly. The check-in procedures for drugs as well is you do like a, I don't know, so two or three years worth of work 
and mm. then you go through a review stage and then they go right okay cool you can progress or you cannot you have to stop the project right what they were doing in this circumstance is they were getting reviewed at, like pretty much every time someone sneezed or wiped their ass you know, like literally, literally something happened yeah. if they something happened it was reviewed all right okay cool can we proceed okay cool next step can we so if anything we might have tested this harder Oh yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no, we have tested it harder than pretty much any any Fuck. job going at the minute because it's it's it goes back. You know, I was mentioning that distrust people, some people may have for the pharmaceutical industry. Mm. You've got to be objective and thinking like it's not in their interest to fuck this up. That's true. Like if they promised this, you know, magical vaccine and then just fail to deliver on it, their stock price is going to go through the floor. And yeah, then a couple of weeks later, that, co- that company yeah. exactly that company is just not going to exist anymore. So that's true. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of why we've got there so quickly because it's it's not in their interest mm. to balls this up. And you know, again, the analogy I've been using: if you throw enough shit at a wall, some of it's going to stick. Yeah, it's true. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm no medical genius, but you know, Pfizer making medicines and uh, making vaccines yeah. and things like that. People dying from them is probably bad business. Not the best, exactly. Not mm. not not the good business at all. I mean. People got a lot of distrust in Pfizer. Yet they, I think they forget that they also make Viagra as well. So <laughs> I think if you can trust a company to raise the dead, you can certainly trust them to stop the dead. Oh fuck! If that means <laughs> <laughs> science made. But yeah, it's, yeah, you've got to be, you've got to, you know, you've got to be objective with it. But um, that's 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 literally why it's just have funded it and mm. have kind of removed all the unnecessary steps. And yeah. again, another thing that, that kind of stresses me out is that 10 year time frame is almost a dated figure at this point. Right. So, about every five or six years, technology advances to a certain extent where all the processes are sped up. Because that quick. Fun- yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, techno- there's technology being you know, designed and advanced upon now in all areas of the world, not just in the pharmaceutical industry That's that true. we can't even fucking fathom. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. And constantly scientists and people in the scientific industry are, are always looking to kind of improve on speed and improve on accuracy. Yeah. And that's just a constant thing that they always work on. It's not like a, every five years they all you know meet up and go, right, what can we do? It's just a constant thing. Yeah. And if someone can, you know, comes up to you and says, right, okay, cool. I've, I know we, we do, we use this analyzer. We do it this way, but I've found out that if we actually, remove this middle step and you know carry on it reduces the time about 60 percent yeah um so that 10-year time frame is becoming a lot outdated and it just kind of shows a testament to what the industry can do if it's not restricted as much like obviously mm. again the safety technique the safety precautions that need to be there absolutely you need you need all of that because you just of can't course, go yeah. you can't just like fake a fake a drug and then go right okay cool no it works and then it causes issues because that's exactly yeah. what happened with thalidomide like that thing had no clinical trials whatsoever yeah the thalidomide um, thing's fucking crazy even to think back on today yeah yeah i mean you can still actually get prescribed thalidomide yeah there's some what what do they prescribe it for i know they do still uh, prescribe it leprosy okay, really it's a leprosy drug it, it can either be leprosy or anti-cancer as well um but obviously these just don't give it to pregnant women that's literally the thing it's it's still a good drug that's, yeah. that's the 
the, the scary thing. It's like, it's still an effective drug, just not for pregnant women. Yeah, we learned a real lesson with that. <laughs> oh, we did, yeah. Make sure you have clinical trials, which is kind of like, oh. that was one of the things that kicked off the whole kind yeah. of like safety measures. So, yeah. Poor fucking so, kids, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I know, yeah, man. Joys of uh, German drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to Moderna and Pfizer, so the yes. reason that the pharmaceutical industry is worth so much money is that why they're charging more per dose? Because the Oxford vaccine that we can get is way cheaper, but we're still mm-hmm. buying Moderna and Pfizer's, but they are more expensive. Yeah. Is that to make that money back or? I honestly couldn't tell you at this point, mm. but to me, it seems just like a business expense and kind of like yeah. with your local laws and regulations. I mean, from what I've looked at, the Pfizer vaccine doesn't actually seem that expensive anyway, compared right. to like other, other things. I mean, from what I've read in some places, it's like three pound a dose. Stuff okay. like that, in, mm-hmm. incomparable to like other drugs, but um, I've, I mean, I've seen some medications that are like five hundred thousand dollars a fucking treatment. Yeah. So this price is actually quite well reasoned, but um, it does depend on kind of like the markup that the company wants. Because I mean, again, as awful as this sounds, the pharmaceutical industry is an industry. It's a business. The object, the mm-hmm. object is to make money. Of course, it is. Obviously, some companies they do make charitable drugs that they know they're going to make a loss on. Mm. So. Again, for example, going back to the weird bum cancer analogy I use, it's like, I don't know, a good half a, half a country suffering from this particular type of bum cancer. It's not a lot of people that they know they're going to make a lot of money on because A, it could be in a third world country. Yeah. B, you know, they just might not be able to afford it properly. So they some companies will make charitable drugs that they know they're going to make a lot it's of. good PR. Exactly. It's, good, it's very again, good PR. It's, it's good PR and it also does help, help yeah. people. But um. Mm. Now, the objective is to make money. So obviously they are going to have to create some sort of financial markup for the expenses yeah. made creating this. But also local legislation to the country does depend on as well. So like True. some countries will actively prevent com- um, companies from coming in and charging extortionate amounts. Like um, with that guy you mentioned earlier with the um, HIV and AIDS yeah, before before Nathan and I started the podcast, we were talking about Martin Shkreli, the uh, oh, the guy that bumped up the price, or the twat that bumped up the price of, yeah, was it an AIDS drug, you say? I think it was HIV and AIDS. He bumped up like 400% in terms of price. Like it was, it was pushing yeah. like $30 a dose, but he got involved with it and it went up to like 500 and He bought that fucking one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang album as well. Fucking hate that guy. Prick. Yeah. That's in the That's possession what? of the police now. Did you know that? Is it? Yeah, the police took it off him when they raided his apartment, and uh, oh, no one really knows where it is. There's some copper with the only Wu Tang, only copy of that Wu Tang album on earth. Imagine that. That's oh man, I'm jealous. I never thought I'd be sure I'd be jealous of a copper, but there we go. Ludicrously so, I know. Tell me about it. I know, it. man. God, but no, he's he's an asshole, and he's kind of testament of what the pharmaceutical industry should be. Yeah. yeah. Which is why he ended up in prison. Yeah, good, good. I hope he stays there. To be honest. <laughs> Yeah, it might be better without him. With yeah. the different vaccines, what would you recommend? Well, not necessarily recommend, but it's not even that really important of a question because I don't think it's really going to happen. But could you take, hypothetically, could you take, I don't know, the Moderna vaccine first dose, then the Pfizer vaccine second dose? Or would you just say stick to what these companies are telling you? Stick to what the companies are telling you. Absolutely. Yeah. As much as these all of these vaccines do the same thing, effectively, mm. they both have slightly different um ways in which they activate the effect even if it's just by attaching onto a different molecule right. or doing something slightly like one percent different mm. and that one percent is enough to kind of make it dud basically so right. it's not something i would recommend it's 
it's not something like say say for example you're hanging out your backside after a heavy Saturday night like when everything's you know unlocked and everything yeah. unlocked and you can go back <laughs> out again. It's not like you want to take two paracetamol and you've got one co-op paracetamol left, but you know in the other room you've got some Wilco's own yeah. paracetamol and you can't obviously with those you can mix and match, but with this this is a lot more. Uh, like intricate almost uh, in, exactly yeah mm. a lot more intricate because obviously paracetamol in comparison is a lot broader yeah. uh, apparently but no it's um, not something I would recommend like if you go for the Moderna take the Moderna both times if you go for Pfizer Pfizer both times um, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure as well actually you won't even be given a choice to yeah I don't think we'll get the choice no, I was just I thinking think hypothetically yeah, yeah I don't think I don't think you would but if, but if it ever because at this point I wouldn't be surprised if the government do say you can mix and match don't, don't just yeah. get this get the same one because it just the the likelihood of it becoming more effective just goes through the through yeah. the law and don't do it basically these fucking <laughs> people like, that are waiting for the english vaccine instead of just oh, taking what they're offered Amazing. The, the english vaccine mm. isn't even english the only english thing about it was <laughs> the only english thing about it was that the university of oxford was the ones that panned the research that's true where is astrazeneca from Google that quickly. Um, <laughs> I should know this. Uh, yeah, because I know they're definitely not English. That's so funny. Yeah, offered the vaccine. Um, British Swedish multinational. Amazing. But the thing is, the AstraZeneca one. Um, I don't know if it was Pfizer or AstraZeneca. It's one of them's mate was created in Germany yeah. by Turkish immigrants. Are you serious? <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. But they're, they're saying, oh, I want to be, I want the English vaccine. Like, the only thing English about it is the research institution. Like, all the ideas, all the money, all the preparation God. is outsourced. Like, I, I mean, some... can't imagine being offered a vaccine at any age and being that stubborn to go, I'll wait for the English one. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, no, if, Come no, on. If, if anything, it's just like, <laughs> I'd rather not take the English one at this point. I mean, keep in mind as well. And the vaccines aren't even made in England either. No. Like they're made no. in other countries. I'm pretty sure China, there's a place in China that's making some of these vaccines. Fucking Jesus. Exactly. So, what so, have you done with that information? I got I, I brought you on because I wanted to encourage people to take the vaccine. And now you're saying, yeah, I think it's actually from Wuhan. Fuck it. I hear bats make the fucking vaccine. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what they do. Yeah, it's just suspended in bat piss. See what Amazing. <laughs> Edit <me>. note. <laughs> and I, I want to say they keep it in. Do take the vaccine just because it potentially mm. could be made in China doesn't make, mean it's going to be any less effective. Okay, like use some common sense. Just because it's English doesn't mean it's better. I mean, look at the football team. Nice, nice. Yeah. I like it. Topical, Thank geographical, <laughs> proper naughty. I, I, I yeah. just wanted to. I, that's pretty much all the questions I've got for you. I just want, wanted to ask as well. What's it like? You've gone from because we were talking before the show and we were talking about how you are not the stereotypical science guy no i don't know who's listening that might know nathan nathan's a bit of a fucking badass we're talking doc martins if you go to a rock bar nathan's the guy stood at the bar you don't expect him to be the biotechnology pharmaceutical bachelor's graduate guy so when i found out what nathan did it fucked me up and i was like i need to have this guy on the show you know you guys can't see the video but he's he's wearing a raiders hat right now like the nwa used to wear like he's a cool fucking guy how does it feel going from a field and an industry that people really didn't know anything about apart from whoa science nerd to basically being the most essential of essential workers yeah it's it's nice to see i mean obviously before in terms of i again you've had me on social media for quite a while yeah i like i like to 
and I'm using open quote end quotes in this, educate people in mm. comment sections, so to speak. But the comment sections are hilarious. I can't look at a fucking news website where somebody said something not factual no. and you've hit back at them and gone, well, no. no. You, no, you've been really good in ceasing that spread of misinformation. I'll yeah, give you all the props in the world for that. Exactly. Misinformation is something I absolutely hate, and I absolutely detest that whole anti-vax rhetoric kind of thing that's going on. Yeah. And I, I look, it's it's nice to see people more involved with it, because at the end of the day, it's something that affects us all. Mm. Even if it, again, ignoring the vaccine for a second, Yeah. down to a base level. I mean, everyone takes paracetamol, ibuprofen, aspirin, you know, anti-depression anti meds, that kind of thing. Yeah. And not a lot of people know a lot about it. Like I used to, I remember once it was four o'clock in a morning mm. in the scene smoking area. Yeah. And I was giving a girl advice about her fucking gastrointestinal medicine. <laughs> because she was taking these medications and she was drinking grapefruit juice with them. And I kind of said, don't do that because the grapefruit juice stops the meds from fucking working. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not something that I can shut off because I'm like, wait, no, you'll hurt yourself. Don't do that. And it's just nice to see more and more people becoming interested in it. And it, it's nice to see that. Again, like with me being on this, it's nice to see people kind of trusting, yeah, to kind yeah. of educate them a little bit. Because like I said, you know, I think multiple times now, all it takes is for someone to be either on your same level or come down to your level and go, right, let's disband all the fancy scientific yeah. bullshit for yeah. five minutes this is what it basically means this is an analogy you will understand mm. any question and it's it's something that i love doing it's i mean i love telling people about kind of like science and stuff like that which is why i kind of jumped at the chance to do this yeah because it's people need to know it's not something that you can kind of just go through life and you know, just being blissfully unaware of, like, it's, I'm under the, the, you know, the belief that if something affects you to this extent, you kind of need to know about it. You need to know the basics and for sure. Unfortunately. Yeah. Exactly, the basics. I mean, obviously, I mean, don't get me wrong, science isn't for everyone. I mean, like like you, you said. Damn I right. like you like damn right. You damn right. In the slightest. I do not. I'm covered in tattoos. I'm not exactly the most fucking approachable person when I'm, <laughs> I'm walking around. But I mean... All it takes is for someone to just take that extra five minutes and just mm. kind of like bring things down a little bit and just fully explain things to you. And it can make the world a difference. Like the amount of people I've already spoken to that feel a lot more comfortable with it. Like they've, they've come to me and gone, oh, vaccines, you know, cause autism and this, that and the other. And I'm like, they don't. This is why. <laughs> and, you know, they've, they've gone off, you know, actually going to vaccinate their kids, which I thought was a <sighs> beautiful thing. Fuck, you know. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Yeah, yeah it's... I can actually pinpoint where all of that anti-vax shit came from as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in in the nineteen nineties, there was a dude called there's a dude called Andrew Wakefield. He mm. published uh, an article that basically suggested uh, a development link between early onset autism in children and the uh, application of the MMR vaccine. Right. He published it. It caused a massive shitstorm around the world. Everyone's going, look, told you, the science is saying vaccines have a link to autism. Why we should not be vaccinating kids. Um, and all it took was then people to look into it a lot more and found there is no genetic link to vaccines and autism. Like vaccines is, if it happens, it happens. Sorry, if autism happens, it happens. Yeah. Like there's no stopping or controlling it. 
and it, it was found out as well that this Andrew Wakefield and his team of about 12 research scientists had been paid off by some lawyers that were basically suing a series of vaccine-producing companies on behalf of some disgruntled parents who had it in their head that the reason their child was now suffering learning difficulties, quote, end quote, yeah. um, is the vaccine. But they also neglected to remember, to realise that the time in which you get the MMR vaccine as a child is also roughly the time symptoms of autism start showing naturally anyway. Fuck me. So it was all so, a legal case that's caused all of this, like 20 years on, 30 exactly, years on. Yeah. And it basically set off that whole kind of idea that some scientists have like a, a hidden, you know, Illuminati New World mm. Order crap kind of thing. And <clears throat> I do fully support the idea of challenging information. Okay, it goes back to that critical thinking thing. Like, if you see something and you just think, oh, don't know about that, it's then up to you to do your research, you know, go on fact-checking sites, actually look into the, the, the thing and critically think, could these guys be lying? Like, who's funding these guys, this, that, and the other? Yeah. But if you go to someone, like an expert in their field, and go, right, okay, can you tell me this? And they tell you, oh, yeah, cool. No, this is, you know, this is the general... Mm lay about like you wouldn't go to the straight and narrow and lecture them about how to make a fucking negroni because you saw oh, no. some random dude on youtube make it a different way you'd get, you'd get slapped yeah of course <laughs> like, you absolutely shout out straight exactly. and narrow by the way um, <laughs> yeah yeah, shout out straight yeah um so you would you wouldn't you wouldn't question that but no. because social again social media has given rise to this whole i'm right you're wrong la 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 la, la fingers in my ears kind of thing mm. it's become more and more acceptable to just go no, I don't believe you. You're, you've been paid off by George Soros and your fake and news. Your fake news, exactly. Yeah, Thank we've you, gone full Trump. circle. Because yeah. it just because yeah. the search for information, but because it doesn't align with their preconceived notion of what it should be in the end. Yeah, they just choose not to believe it. That's and go back. If, if a scientist tells you something, ninety-nine percent of the time they're going to be right. Like if mm. science is one of those beautiful fields where if you're wrong you will admit it because it's not in your best interest to admit that you're wrong. Like science information does change. Do not get me wrong, but no. you get, you get told about it. Like the, the, it's not in their interest to kind of there's lie no about, yeah. there's no, there's no secrets. In, well, obviously there's intellectual property secrets, but I mean, there's, um, <laughs> in terms of public information, if an expert tells you something, you're better off believing the expert because you're not going to know you're not just going to, after what, half an hour of, you know, YouTube diving and reading heavily pixelated fucking memes from your heavily algorithm controlled <laughs> Facebook feed. You're not going to know more than a scientist who spent 20 years dedicating their entire adult career to understanding mm. this particular field. Like you just not, you're not going to have that little bit. Uh, I know more than you. It's just not going to happen. That's really true. Yeah. If there was anyone listening to this, just to sign off on this, if there was anyone listening that was before listening to this podcast on the fence, still kind of, eh, yeah, maybe, what would your advice be to them about the vaccine? Go. Um, <clears throat> speak to your GP. Uh, so all I can say, they are, they are the ones that have been, you know, they're at the forefront of sorting this stuff out for the community. Um, reach out to um, scientifically knowledgeable people. I mean, obviously there's me, I'm more than all right with people asking me questions. I mean, uh, I'll plug the uh, plug the Instagram after this, but um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> plug the Instagram and Twitter after this, like, but um, 
speak to people that know know about it. I mean, obviously, again, it's quite difficult because obviously with social media and that, if you're on social media and you see someone that you trust and you know, and that you said, I don't know, an old colleague from a job you've worked at, mm. and you always used to trust what they say, and they start sharing things, that you're obviously going to be inclined to believe them because that's how, you know, social interaction works. Yeah. But you need to be speaking to healthcare professionals for this and people with a scientific background because they are going to be the ones that can explain it to you better. Because mm. It sounds awful, but a random person who's, you know, just done some online research very well could be quite knowledgeable, don't get me wrong. But they're not going to know as much as someone who's quite literally studied yeah. in, that, in that particular field. And don't be scared to be told of something that you don't like the idea of. Okay, mm. because yeah, vaccines, you do get a needle in your arm, you could potentially feel symptoms later on. But you've kind of got to look at it objectively and think, right, okay, cool. What's worse? A week of feeling like I've got an immense hangover or having a respiratory illness that could potentially kill me. Like So be all in end all, <clears throat> take the fucking vaccine. Yeah, be just take the vaccine. Obviously, if you are immune compromised, um <clears throat> speak to your GP. Again, that goes back to if you're unsure, speak to your GP. They can give you the best <clears throat> kind of like advice for that. Because obviously I'm not saying if you're immunocompromised, you should still take the vaccine because that's just very, very bad health advice. Yeah. Like you need to speak to a doctor. And I'm not claiming to be a doctor in the slightest. No, I no, just understand absolutely. the science behind it all. But mm. if you think you might, your health might be at risk by more by getting the vaccine, speak to your GP first. Okay, people that are involved with your personal care, um, because otherwise, you know, you're going to be hurt. Because the entire point of max vaccination is to create kind of like enough people that can't contract the symptoms mm. or pass it on, um, in order to protect those that can't have it. Yeah. So that's that's where the whole herd, herd immunity kind of comes from. That makes perfect sense, Mr. Yeah. Nathan Ford. If people want to find you online, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter. We are talking. Um, it's ninety six to life. I don't know why I chose that. Um, chose that name, but it, yeah, it's nine six two life. On the two Twitter. being letters or two being a number. Uh, letters T and O. Ninety six to life. Uh, just just say ninety six to life. Oh, just ninety six to life. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why I decided to go with that, but there we go. Fair um, play. Yeah, fair play. But it's uh, it's edgy enough. I can't, I can't, I'm not good at thinking of names. It's pretty no. fucking edgy. Yeah. Thank you. I try to be edgy as much as I can. Nathan, you're a fucking diamond. Thank you ever so much for doing this, my friend. I know how busy you are. And no, I know I've taken it. some of your day off, but you're in. Oh, no, I love, I love it. you for it, my friend. We'll have to have you back on the show because you're fucking sick. Oh, yeah, do it. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. Come on, my friend. Thank you ever so much for listening, guys. Take care of yourselves. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of House of Rondog. If you enjoyed what you heard, please remember to hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Google or Spotify or Apple. It doesn't matter. Every subscription supports me. Thank you ever so much, and I'll see you next time.